Hi, my name is Moshe Kindler, and I'm the publisher of The Jewish Link. Hi, this is Elizabeth Kratz. I'm editor of The Jewish Link. And you're on The Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. I am really, really happy to have with us a very special guest, uh, someone who has become a friend over the years. Uh, actually, I, I think I'm really one of the few people who could say this. Uh, I have here Rev. Judah Michelle, uh, who has many, many titles. Um, Rev. Judah Michelle is personally meaningful to myself and my family. Uh, I am, some of, some, of, some of you know that I have a son with special needs. I, what, what that also means is I am a, a proud Hask parent uh, and really enjoyed Hask Visiting Day a few weeks ago. This is being shot in the summer, which, so, which is why we look a little more casual and maybe even a little more suntanned. Um, even though I, I can't get something, so Rav Judah Michelle is here, and uh, just someone who, uh, just someone who I uh, just really, you know, I'll tell you something. It's interesting. We've known each other for years, and I think I told you this, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, but uh, Rav, Rav Judah is also a columnist uh, for us for I think now at least two plus years, through two two to three years. Um, but but you kind of wormed your way into my heart in a different way. Uh, not because of your involvement in Hask, and not, but really as an author, as a machaber. Um, your Sefer Baderach is probably one of the best things I've read in English over the last three to five years. I just, I don't, I don't mean to shower you with praise. And, and actually, I, the thing is, I think that's actually what people don't know as much about you. Um, and also, since we're here on the, on the, for the Jewish link, uh, since we're kind of literary here, so I, I kind of actually want to hear a little bit about, uh, I want to hear about your experience writing and how you got to writing. Um, and actually, I, I was going to say the truth is I was actually shocked <laughs> by Madarach because I, I, I generally, I just don't, I didn't think that you were that good a writer, okay, before. And I didn't, I just, for some reason, I just didn't, I didn't. You saw me with a t-shirt cannon on visiting day and you're like, this guy can I, write. I is, that's, you know something? I just didn't know. <laughs> I, I, I remember, uh, you know, Judah, I, I just did, I just didn't know. And uh, I'm kind of like, I've never really started off with, uh, with harata, with regret, uh, but I, I kind of like um, reading it and also reading your column has kind of just changed my view on Rav Judah Michelle. And, and I'm sure this maybe we'll frame it, this this uh, this whole interaction a little bit, this whole uh, interview with you know how Rav Judah Michelle became not just Rav Judah Michelle of, of executive director of ha you know of Hask, but also Rav Judah Michelle the uh, the scholar and author that, uh, <laughs> and writer of the Jewish Link. So. Uh, what we like to do is, you know, I like to give a little bit of context. Um, I know you grew up in the area. I know you're, you went to Frisch, but uh, tell us about young Judah Michelle. Um, you know, I'm trying to think where we are age-wise. I think you're a little younger than me, but uh, but I, you know, I'm not not sure. But I don't think we ever interacted. 45. really. So yeah, I don't I don't remember. I, I know we have a lot of friends in common, but uh, I'll shut up a little bit. No, and, uh, yeah, it's great. So tell so tell you know tell us the the Rav Judah Michelle a little bit the the background the history and try and obviously by the way feel free to make jokes and, and stories and anecdotes are all good. <laughs> First of all, thank you. It's so nice to be here, and yeah, uh, we're we're a friendship in development, which is really the best the best way. Sometimes you have friendships that like oh you went to elementary school together, or sometimes you played ball together in high school, or. You know, but it's also it's nice at a certain point in life when you meet somebody of, of, of depth and quality that you get to get to know along the way. And, uh, and friends by choice is kind of a nice, uh, is a nice thing. 
And we have a lot of uh, people in common, like you said. Uh, uh, Reverend Michelle works with my sister. Uh, my sister, Razel, is the, is, is the longtime women's head counselor of Hask, yep. which I think is actually how I kind of got to know you. Yeah, and so much more. And so much more. And so much more than that. And, and, and uh, meaning I'm saying we owe, I, we owe you a lot of Akar Sato for, for kind of taking care of uh, my son, Zev. So, but yeah. uh, that, no, many a, others. There are a wonderful group of people that I have this close to work with. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, okay. Thank you for having me. Um, young Judah Michelle, are we going to get into like the? I saw the suit ladies opening up next door. Are we going to get into like the awkward, like pre bar mitzvah husky like suit years? Because those are traumatic for me. We don't need. I don't need all the awkward years, but I kind of love. I love the chutzpah years. You said I mean, you, we were talking about off camera. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. And okay. and I, I haven't liked that line. That you have better midos today, but you, but uh, yeah. I'm, no, I'm more aware, and I think trying to be more appropriate and trying to be more respectful. You know, you get older. I mean, trying but not always succeeding. No. No, 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 not always succeeding. That's for sure. Not always succeeding. Um, I guess just like the, the the awareness of like recognizing that Hashem doesn't intend for us to change our our essence, like to change our our primary way of being, just to kind of adapt it that it should be developmentally appropriate. You know, it shouldn't. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a, a 45 year old who makes averos, meaning that's we all do, um, who makes mistakes and and speaks out of turn. We all do. Just if you're speaking like a 16-year-old when you're in your 40s, that's not that's not appropriate. That's not appropriate. When you're acting like a a 30-year-old when you're in your 40s, not appropriate either. So I kind of hope that we can make age-appropriate disrespect and age-appropriate mistakes. I hear that. Um, okay, so you wanted uh, Judah Michelle. That's me as a young as a young man, the early years. You grew up in our Jewish link readership. I know that. I know. You're, uh, am, I, am I right about that, or sort of? No, you grew up in uh, where? Where did you? Like, who, everybody reads the link. I mean, who's the, I mean <laughs> everybody's reading the link. Yeah. I mean, uh, I you're asking if I, I, I didn't grow up in New Square. If that's what you're asking. Me. New Square, not it's probably not huge in New Square no, yet. No, but I have yet. a lot. We have. It's interesting you say that because we have a lot of advertisers. From the Hasidic community, so yeah. just be, the, the, a lot of the big businesses are, are one big them. ecosystem. Correct. Well, just different cultural nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Muncie. Uh, my parents made the decision to move to Muncie um, when early in their marriage because they had um, moved into the world of being Shomer Shabbos and um, and looking for a community that would, you know, have a shul and type of a a place where there'd be support and there'd be other young families who are, you know, uh, Torah observant. And they chose Muncie because my, my, my mother's family lived in Spring Valley. Now the whole area is, you know, but all those areas, Suffern, Pomona, Haverstraw, Airmont, that Jews didn't live in, certainly not Jews who, who were identifiably, you know, Orthodox. So that's where, that's where, we kind of, that's where I grew up, you know. So um, I grew up in Muncie and uh, parents, you know, I, I think they made the real decisions, the real tough decisions for, for the family when they chose that path. It was interesting growing up in Muncie being a more, let's say, a more culturally modern Orthodox, you know, Tzioni family. But they were, they were modern Orthodox then. It's true. It definitely were. Our neighborhood where my parents bought a house, I guess, where they could afford to buy a house, um, was really Hasidish. Like, we grew up with Hasidim around. So you grew up down the hill is what you're telling me. Yeah, we grew up on Grove Street, mm-hmm. like um, right near the fire station, right where there were a famous story with Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky took place with the nuns. Our backyard, like if we hit a ground rule double, it was into the the convent area, the forest behind the convent, and um, and uh, it was before Hatzalah there. It was like when you know, as you're talking forty years ago, Muncie, um, 
and uh, there's a very diverse group of people, but our specific area, we didn't have Shabbos friends. Our, our friends lived a mile away. Like the kids who went to Ashar lived a mile away. So we kind of, you know, grew up in between a lot of different, with a lot of different influences and seeing a lot of things with parents who were, my mother specifically, oh, my, my dad ever hears this, you know, he knows what I'm talking about. My mother specifically, who was very open and, um, and, uh, and embracing of all different types uh, of people. And that was kind of like the context for, uh, for where things went. Ashara was a very major, uh, a very major influence in our lives growing up as an institution. We davened there and we went to school there. Mm-hmm. My parents invested their time and, and resources and life there. My dad was on the board for many, many years. My mother was a teacher there. All of us went to school there. The principal was our rabbi. So Rabbi Michelle was a big influence. Michelle, blessed memory. Oh, by the way, not the same Michelle. Who I used to tell people we were related, depending, like if, I, if it would help me climb the social ladder. For our readers, listeners, they spell their names with Michelle. A, Michelle yeah. with a U and M. One with a Vav, one with a Yud. But the Michelle brothers were a very big part of our journey. Very, very important part of our life. And, and Rabbi and Sarah Michelle were big. We were in their sukkah. We were in their home. You know, we'd pass by their home every Shabbos walking to and from. We walked a mile plus to Davin and Ashar wow. every Shabbos. And, um, and Michelle, as an educator, as a pedagogue, as a just a warm, loving, caring figure, really played an important role in, in, in our life and in our development. And we owe a lot to uh, Michelle, Rabbi Levy, Rabbi Irving Levy, who has family in Enoch and the Tinek area. Um, they were instrumental in our parents and my family's growth, helping them get from like an initial burst of chachma, literally in in college with Chabad, to um, where they where we all are, you know, on the way to today. So a lot of hakar satov to that. A lot. Okay, so take us through. Uh, so okay, so Ashar, let's to Frisch. Let's get let's get through the education. Oh, the Muncie bus, the Muncie bus, the Frisch. I mean, the Muncie bus, the Frisch. In those days, it wasn't like the pipeline. That be a good MTA. The MTA was too. Was, I, was no, too my from. parents believed in co-education mm-hmm. and religious Zionist and modern Orthodox education. And MTA was not that. Correct. MTA was like yeshiva, and so was Shari Torah. A lot of my friends who I played ball with and hung out with, a lot of my friends went to those places. And I, I, I on a certain level, wanted to go there just because I wanted to go with... I had a very couple of very close friends who were in Frisch, uh, family friends. And my parents um, are, you know, people who believe deeply in education. They never had the privilege of a formal Jewish education. So they didn't learn in yeshiva or seminary or anything like that. My mother, I think, learned the Alphabet in college, the Chabad Shlucha uh, in Buffalo. My father had a more traditional upbringing, um, more conservative. I mean, it you know, um, with uh, with Jewish symbols and Jewish language, um, they felt they, they they believed very very much in the model of Frisch and coeducation and uh, everything that came along. That we went to Ramah as uh, when we were kids. Ramah Nayak. Ramah Nayak. You know, again, values oriented, meaning oriented. Um, they weren't into this whole thing of just like sports and food and learning as like a as as an outlet. Um, we went, we went, uh, my, my parents, my dad started Project Leap in Ashar, which was like, you know, Sunday education to like supplement. And we did all sorts of different, you know, we were always involved in the science fair and extracurricular activities and sports and swim club and all these things like that. My parents felt very, very much that, you know, choosing a life of orthodoxy of Torah mitzvahs shouldn't come at the expense of exposure to the world and involvement in the world. And, uh, and invested a lot, or most of nefesh, a lot for us to have that. And the, the going from Muncie to Frisch was was certainly part of that. Uh, tuition is the the, the the first step of of that type of mysterious nefesh. But 
you know, they, my mother was, I think, I think if I met, if I, if I look back at it now that we're in a similar seat, thinking about the amount of carpool and driving and schlepping that my mom did over the years with, um, I mean, I'm thinking about swimming here. I come here. It's hard for me not not to mention. <laughs> give a shout out to, to to the Schwartz family in in, in Monsey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the you know old time carpool with uh, with with the Schwartzes, um, Mendy and and Benji Elishalm, mm-hmm. and um, Benji Schwartz was your age. my class. We were classmates. It's just for, just for those who don't know, so Mendy Mendy is my my is the co-publisher of the Jewish Link and Benji Schwartz passed away I think 20 or 30 years ago I think yeah. over, over 30 it's, years ago yeah. so. it's, um, it's, uh, it's coming close to 30 mm-hmm. it's coming close to 30 not exactly 30 yet but it's uh, he was my first friend him and Shlomo uh, Trudler I mean these you know we kind of all came up together in Muncie and um, and yeah I mean there was like a, a very I say a very and I say rich I don't mean it economically there was a very rich subculture in Muncie of uh of the centrist community, I don't think we called it the centrist community. We just called it friends, clever back then. But um, between Rabbi Tendler's community and uh, Rabbi Wine and and Ashar, there was great football Shabbos afternoon, and uh, <laughs> and uh, just really really good people. We dive in the Rabbi Chaitovsky Shul, Rabbi Label Chaitovsky, Camp Regish fame, um, who was just a, was an extraordinary guy. He was the rub of our shul as we got older and we moved to a different neighborhood in Muncie, and he was my rabbi for lots of years and. Um, just in general, we had a wonderful, a really lovely community. I think there was always the sense that there was a, my parents were a little bit on the outside of the hawk in Monty because Bali, being Bali Chuva, they didn't quite know all the right moves and all the right, uh, you know, sismot, uh, you know, phraseology mm-hmm. and different nuances in the community. And, and, I, and I think that that was probably a very, very positive contributing factor to us being normal and healthy. <laughs> Is that like they didn't know how to fake it. And they didn't know like the stuff that they were supposed to fake with. My father would often point out, uh, you know, uh, I guess we're on air. I'm not going to say the Roshi Tevis that he would use, but he would point out where things were just not authentic and things were not real and things were silly. Things that bothered him, yeah. Things that were superficial and like, what is that? Where does that come from? You know, where does it say that in the Torah type of things? And um, and it was from that type of upbringing with really a very strong home and a very uh, diverse type of community around us Ironically, we got exposure to a lot of different types of uh, Jews in a lot of different types of ways. We have family members who are married to Jews and family members who are not. Family members who are observant of uh, and aware of Yiddishkeit in very different types of ways. And uh, living in a community where there was a lot of you know exposure to, I don't know, to Torah and to Yiddishkeit around us, so we kind of had uh, a really beautiful, I don't know, it was a really beautiful glimpse into the different possibilities of living a Jewish life. You, you probably didn't notice it as carefully as a young man, as you growing up there. No, so. you don't notice anything when you're a kid, you know, but like, you know, you don't know, remember all the times your mother read your bedtime story or your dad took you out and had a catch or, you know, but, but those, that forms a collective subconscious Agreed. And, and a parchment upon which we kind of draw, sketch the story and then you get older and you're like, wait, I'm doing that with my kid. I think I remember the Tuesday night that I put my phone away for five minutes and spent with them probably not probably not going to remember you know at the Shabbos meal when you know I didn't just stuff my face and go to take a nap but like spent an extra 10 minutes listening to them and hearing their stories and telling about their ups and downs of the week they won't remember every single week just the same way I don't remember every single week or, or I don't know, I imagine most people listening don't remember every moment of every experience but the collective 
general way or, or you know, value system that that comes that comes across, and you, you only realize that when you get older. Yeah, I agree with you. No, that's a lot. A lot of hits the subconscious, and, and you only realize when you get older. I agree. Yeah. Hopefully, I agree. we can pay it forward. You know. Yeah. Okay. So let's keep going forward a little bit. So let's go fresh and you and let's let's uh, let's try to. I mean, I, the, it's unbelievable that people think people find this interesting about me. Like I always wonder myself. Like everybody wants to hear what I did in high school. I had a. We actually only hear interesting things, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but the interesting things you shouldn't, you know, you don't talk about on the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the interesting things that can be talked about. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was very bad at math. No, <laughs> that wasn't what I was referring to. I don't know if Mrs. Ironman is still in the world and you're there. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so so we we can skip Frisch. Okay. No, I had some amazing. My experience with Frisch was 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 extraordinary. It was interesting. The Rabbeim and Ashar didn't, you know, wanted us wanted me not to go to Frisch. At Makes the time, sense, yeah. yeah, I mean, half the kids in those days and first didn't go to Israel for the year. It was a different demographically. The whole community was different. TBC sure. was different. There was no Mayanot. Kushner didn't exist. SAR was a very uh, SAR didn't have a high school. No, I don't think no, they, they, they elementary school. So the, the whole community and the demographics were different. But um, you know what first is today, what it's become. Um, They're not getting kids from Matzi, I don't think. Very few. They must. They must be. There are few. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Um, I don't know, uh, but uh, but they're, they're doing extraordinary. I mean, the, the most Oschinoch today, you know, talk about everybody in this community, that's something which is unbelievable. I mean, you have, you know, I, again, I don't think I thought about it then, but the opportunities for people to choose between what's around this community, between Heichal HaTorah and TBC and Mayanot and Frisch and Nala and MTA, probably a bad idea to start mentioning ones because you leave somebody out, but... You know, the the, the 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 world has shifted in such a way where, you know, the teachers are so great. I had great teachers in high school. I had some really great teachers. I had some stunkers, but I had some great teachers too. Um, enough that I that I that I have such warm and positive memories of specific individuals. You know, and, and relationships that I'm in touch with until this day. You know, Rabbi Yitzchak Torsky, which I'm sure many of uh, your readership and listenership are, are familiar with, was a such a wonderful I, I I certainly didn't appreciate him. I certainly didn't pay attention. I certainly didn't but but the makif, so to speak, the 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 surrounding light of his presence, of his just midos and his soft spokenness made a very real impact. I can't tell you anything that we learned. And I and I told that to him also. He knows that <laughs> he read the Tanoim by our wedding. So, you know, I was in touch with him. And recently, you know, he put out a a, a new parish in Chumash. Yep. And we, you know, I had the privilege of, of being involved in the putting out the, the Sfarim and Chumash and reengaging some old classmates and friends to help, you know, be a part of that. You know, him and, and Rabbi Aaron Goldscheider, sure. who actually was just up in camp visiting a couple nights ago. He has a daughter working there. He's a publisher of Torah Tidbits in the OU. He was the one who actually encouraged me to start writing a weekly column. A Rebbe who believed in me in high school, who I didn't even have as a teacher. My locker was across from his class in 12th grade. So if anybody's listening who's who was out there in the back of their mind considering maybe to go into Chinuch. I know that's not so popular nowadays. You know, but you can sell StubHub tickets. You can sell tickets on the side. Or you can make an ancillary business and sell orthotics to dead people or something like that in the nursing home on the side. But but that in our community, we have so many talented and bright people who are, you know, who are not considering lives in Chinuch and education and Klei Kodesh. It's such a tragedy. Because Rabbi Goldschroeder wasn't even my Rebbe. I did never had sat in a class with him. He was my close friends, a year older than me, Mo Kaplan and, and uh, Jason Suss, who were a year older than me, were across the hall from where my locker was, and he used to come out and give me 15, 30 seconds of hock before and after class sometimes, we'd just shoot the breeze, and he was the one who guided me and encouraged me to choose to go to Shalvim, 
as opposed to other places I was considering. He said, go be a small fish in a big pond and push yourself. You'll like the passion, the intensity. And he was right. He was the one who, you know, validated a lot of, you know, behavior and like would talk me down from the, the ledge of like, you know, interactions with other members of the school and administration. Maybe there were clashes. And he was just a very young, cool, relatable guy. And um, we stayed in touch here and there over the years. And then many, many, many years later, after having not seen him or been in touch for well, well, well over a decade plus, he had an opportunity to be a part of the OU you know, world of yeah, the Harbatsa Satora. You know, the impact that some of those teachers had when I was in Frisch was really, uh, was really something great. You know? how, long have you, how long have you been writing a weekly column? 15 years? 10 years? Four years. Oh, I this is my fifth longer. cycle. Oh, I this is starting my okay. fifth cycle. And that that process of Rabbi Goldscheider, like, you know, when he became the editor of Torah Tidbits, he reached out to me and said, would you write? And I said, I don't really, I don't really write. I don't really write. But he said, well, maybe, maybe try it. And that, you know, I, I'd had a, I'd had a, uh, a draft of a uh, table of contents for a book for a long time that I just sat there and sat there and sat there, a folder with notes and... Full table of contents. Yeah, table of contents. First that, par- did you at least get a first chapter done? Nah. It wow. was like I had stories and varts and teachings and based on you know what ultimately became the skeleton of the background for a whole baderach, but like ideas and stuff I'd say and shear him. I was a, Reb, you know, a Rebbe in Rashid for a lot of years and save this idea and this vart and this thing, but never thought I'd... You know, I don't know, maybe one day I thought I'd... If I knew, if I known, knew then what I knew now, I would have said maybe I'll make a Netflix series out of it or something like that, like make some money. <laughs> By the way, you should know, I'm, I'm, I have tremendous respect and awe for anyone who's able to write weekly. So I always like to ask, um, we haven't had too many of our weekly columnists on yet, but how, oh. what's your secret? Meaning, oh, I appreciate and also, that. And also, how do you, I guess we're skipping a little bit of the history, but that's okay, we're yeah. jumping around. Uh, like, everyone I find has a different technique. Some people say, you know, different technique for getting the writing done weekly. Let's, yeah, what's the Rav Judah Michel t- technique? Okay, I, first, I, I really I appreciate that question. No one ever asked that question before. I still don't self-identify. You're allowed to identify however you like these days. I don't identify as a writer. I haven't yet. I'm still hedging bets about it. I'm still not totally comfortable in my skin about it. I, mean, I just popped into Wine Rib next door. And I was by uh, Tony earlier, you know. With a, mm-hmm. You see your book sitting on the shelf there. It's like I get like a, you know... And I, I thank God, still getting feedback every week from people. I mean, literally, it's been I put it out two years ago. I'm still getting came out every single week a message. So there's a, there's a pachad, there's a fear of writing because you know, like the Kutzker said, everything not everything you think you say, mm-hmm. and not everything you say, you know, you write, and not everything you write you publish, and not everything you publish, you know, do you, do you sell. Sometimes it's just pity me. It's just for you know internally. Mm-hmm. People put out cookbook for their family. People put out their their essays for their family. You know, not everything you distribute and you put out there on the shelf for somebody to look at and say, "Hey, that's no good," or "I disagree with that," or "There's a typo here," or whatever yeah. it may be, or "That's not a fair idea." So the process was a, a little bit of a actually a, a very good friend, a mutual friend, Jason Suss. Was the one who really just pushed me over the edge to just say, just <laughs> really, Jason, bang it out. Yeah, it's like bang it out. Come on, you, you say, so, say you, he. T- I, I spoke in his shul, and he said to me afterwards, like, you got to write this up. I said it's a different brain. I have like I write a little post-it note, three, four ideas, and you can get up and talk about it. Total different experience. It's yeah. a total different thing to be mitzamtim to 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 you know to bring it down, to draw it down, and put it into vessels and find the right words. My mother's an English teacher. 
My mother was an English teacher for many years, also. This explains a lot, by the way. And my my dad is a um, my dad is a f- worked in finance for a lot of for for most of his professional career as a manager. He also was somebody who who he writes. My father writes. He wrote reports. You know, he would write reports, and there would be have like memories of of like you know. First of all, my house was filled with books, memories of my father's notepads, of his you know presentations to. The international conferences of bond buyers and global bond insurance summits and making presentations in front of governors and mayors about rating their bonds and their bond insurance. And, um, you know, always the Wall Street Journal, always New York Times, always the bond buyer, always Jerusalem Post International Edition, always Hadassah Magazine in the house. First column was Joe Lowen on language, on Hebrew language. Uh, that would always be the first because he was a, a good friend of the family, you know, um, um, always Rosenthal first in the times, you know, like we had a real Masora in the house, um, floating off the center of the page, you know, the, the columns there. Um, and, um, and I was always much better in, in, in the, that side of the brain than the mathematic and science side of the brain, which I barely graduated high school with. And, and literally my, the, 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 the SATs, I remember like meeting with, uh, Rabbi Krug, um, and Frisch, mm-hmm. and with learning specials, saying like, how is it possible to be in one, you know, so strong in one area and the other area be, well, one wasn't interested in the other one, you can, you know, shovel things around and exaggerate and use, right. uh, shmear around, it's more midrashic as opposed to the halachic side of the brain. So the writing really just became something that I was, I was good at when I was in YU, those blue, those blue test booklets. Sure. Uh, my favorite classes were Jewish history and English comp and philosophy where you could smear it around you don't have to be so exacting i think like i was always afraid of being precise and being clear even in learning torah i relate much more to associative learning chassidus madrash musr as opposed to halachic and lumbus you know by the one of text i just you have you haven't answered the question yet but i uh, but i uh, everything you're saying makes sense i I see it in your writing keep going I i appreciate it so the process of writing just became then you know um I mean, I, I, it, it's, it's no secret. I, 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 it's based around a story. It's based around narrative as opposed to a diuk, as opposed to an insight in a pasuk, as opposed to something which is halachic or structural in a text, um, which I appreciate very, very much. I mean, I, you know, through my wife, I really gained a, a, a real appreciation for the lumbus, so to speak, of, of Torah and, and, the, and the analytical side of, of, studying, of studying Torah. Um, uh, from a from a in the Torah Torah specifically, I'm talking about. Um, but when I write, I, I I write I try to write the way I speak. You know, you want to invite someone in in a comfortable way, and that often is with a story, and that's often with a story. Everybody likes a story. Yeah, you, like, you always start with a story. I yeah, think. people like something to say at the table. People want to you know engage. You have such extraordinary columnists. It's a it's a cover to be to be in that same constellation in the same paper uh, included. I don't, I don't see myself like that. You know, like Rabbi Moshe Tarragon, you have to, I sit down with a highlighter to read a column. Rabbi Rosner is, a, is, the, is one of the great rabbis and teachers of the generation of Torah Shabbat Peh. He's, he's, he's one of the Bali Masora of our generation. You know, I also write my own stuff, which is, which, which, which is takes longer because I don't, you know, uh, people have recommended. I know that there are plenty of columnists who speak into a thing and send it to somebody to transcribe. I I, I want to work on this skill of uh, of of being more precise. I find that like you know, boiling down ideas, condensing them, trying to say things not too schleppy and not 
beat around the bush, but to say it more directly um, and find the right adjective to describe, to be machabe, to respect the person whose the story is about, and then to have some type of meaningful takeaway um, that shortened to the point, I found this helped me crystallize the things that are most important to me. I write about the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's a different story. It's a different vart. It's a different parsha. It's a different yontif. It's a different, you know, personality who's at the center of it. But they usually end up being things that I'm thinking about or things that are important to me. Yeah. So give me the process, the, the actual, the physical process. You it's, start on Sunday. Well, baderech, for Baderech, it was writing a, it was, it was a folder. It was actually a physical folder of papers and post notes and uh, and then covid was the opportunity to have some real quiet time where i wasn't traveling and didn't have the day-to-day mm-hmm. rhythm and um i uh i had the I, I just got up at like early like five o'clock in the morning would go downstairs do some exercise on the floor some little breathing a little bit of uh his boat of this have a coffee um write and then and then dive and then get the day going and the writing was really about just connecting dots. In other words, the Rebbe Zusha, the Baderach had, a, had, a, had an outline already. It's, you know, it's based around the acronym of the word Teshuva, Tafshin Vav Bezhei, and the five values that each of those letters represented an acronym. So it gave it already like those are the five parts with an intro and an outro, and that's your table of contents. Then it's just kind of filling in the, the, the space with color and ideas and stuff that I wanted to like kind of stick in and have it loosely connected if I wanted it in there. Uh, it was harder to chisel it out. I have a, a, an editor who became a very good friend, actually. Uh, I'll give him a shout out. His name is Matasiahu Brown. He was a wonderful and kind, brilliant uh, person who lives in Pardes Chana. And we worked together on it. We had a shared Google Doc and he would kind of chime in. And his primary, the way he said it is his primary uh, work with me was pulling back on things, was saying less. Um, so then from there, that, that, that's how the columns were born. Um, I would, I, I actually made it, I can get into the technicals. I, I made an Excel spreadsheet. I have an Excel spreadsheet and I write out, you know, it's each column on the Excel spreadsheet is another Parsha. So it's Bereshis and then Noach mm-hmm. and then And I've done that. I have a, it's very long spreadsheet now, yep. you know, um, um, horizontally. And I have Bereshis with parentheses one. Noach one, and that's how I would. I actually started Pesach time was when I wrote the first column. It was for Torah tidbits. This will be the fifth Pesach column, um, and it was like a story for the seder, and then a little bit of a vart, and then kind of kept that going. And I write down, you know, like a few words about the story. You know, uh, Rav Soloveitchik, um, the song that he walked down to, or you know, Lubavitcher Rebbe chocolate in, in in his middle drawer you know dark chocolate in the middle drawer mm-hmm. whatever the story may be and um and then underneath it write the uh you know the, a line or two of the you know you know ramban on you know whatever it may be or that's, a long, thing that. that's a long excel sheet is what it sounds like yeah it's it's five years long now wow. it's about 50 columns times now it's about now five 50. but it's for but 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 also i'll be honest i i don't do them all in order Meaning, if I hear a story that I'm thinking about, or something that I, that a vart that I see or I hear, that's a beautiful idea on truma or tetzava. Whatever time I'll put it in the Your truma tetzava column there, just a little note for myself to remember it. Often I will not remember it. I won't know what that means. You know, if it says nechamalevich on mishpatim, so then I can like go look up nechamalevich mishpatim. But it says that you know killer gra. On Shira Shirim, you're not remembering like, that three, three months, months later. later. I'm like, 
Killer Gra on Shir Hashirim. Killer Gra, and where was I when I wrote that, you know? So I've gotten better a little bit at like kind of assigning, you know, those ideas. I don't have a great memory and I, and it helps when I write things down. I put it into the modality like Perkyavos writes, you know, Perkyavos says that the, one of the 48 ways to wisdom is saying it out loud and writing it down. So I write a lot of things down. My wife helps me a lot with that now. But my professional responsibilities have grown in, in Camp Ask and taken on more Achrayas in Camp Ask. Um, you, I was going to ask, are you even able to work to write in the summer? No, at all? no, no. It's I, only during the year when you. No, don't. I don't want to like blow it. Okay. But but I handed in. I wrote my columns. I I, I I slow release them when I get the email from your editor saying like, hey, we're you know we need. It. But like I wrote them before Pesach. Got it. And that takes a certain that takes a certain focus and and mishmaat um, we call it, like a certain um, to get into the headspace of writing about. Shabbos uh, Chazon in Adar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rabbi Weinreb, one of the great, one of the wise men of the generation, one of the great Chachmei Hador. I have a great schos of having spent some real time with as a, as a mentor. Um, we had breakfast together many times. He said that breakfast was our destiny. That's what he said to me. I don't know. It just sounds awesome. I don't know. I think but, I'm getting. I think I'm getting to get in the sense that he's one of the reasons why I like a Weiner because he's also a psychiatrist. He was a yeah. He's a he's a real person. He's a, he's an erlicha. He, besides an erlicha yid, he's a chassidish yid, meaning he's a warm, brilliant, and, and and also the editor of the Steinzaltz Talmud. So a Weinreb wants you know he, he in his introduction to his parish on Kinos writes about what it was like to be you know focusing on lamentations. The entire year mm-hmm. you know you're like Sukkis he knows he has a deadline for his publisher he's writing on Eicha um, but just the ability for the Jewish heart and mind for the human heart and mind to hold lots of different contradictory things I found that writing actually helps focus those specific feelings and those specific things I, 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 I've come to really enjoy it like really really enjoy the process of writing, and I'm, I mean, way, I'm, I want to I'm so that. grateful that you that, that you give me the, the the privilege to be in, in the link. I, I really mean it. It's like you know the, the written word. We're the people of the book. The written word is something, you know, um, that lasts. There's cum. I want to say two things. First of all, number one, it's clear that you, despite all denials, you are, you are a writer. Okay, meaning what I'm saying is is that you 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 resisted it. I get it. And by the way, maybe you keep thinking that way, but you are definitely a writer. And I want you to know. Second is I I really enjoy every few months when you send me an email saying I was in this community and two or three people said that they you know that they read they read you every. I I, I mean I'm just saying it's to real. me as it's as real. the publisher of the Jewish Link, I get in, I get enjoyment and I, and I enjoy I enjoy those emails. Yeah, from. it's not the New Jersey Jewish Link. It's no, we're, we're bigger than Jewish. Real, no, no, it's really. I mean, in the beginning. It was like, okay, yeah, this paper in this neighborhood, this paper in that neighborhood, but this gets everywhere, and people people really see it. It's I imagine that that's a lot of achrayas on your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're today one of the largest uh, publications, Orthodox publications in the tri-state area. Yeah. Um, I imagine and, that's a that's a lot to carry around. Also, I don't want to ask you questions, but I imagine that that's a lot of responsibility. I, you know, I, I don't. I, I imagine like you know who, what you advertise and what ideas and what ideals and what opinions you promote you probably uh, you probably have a lot of sleepless nights over that yeah uh, the answer is, is it, it's it's not as simple people it's make not. you crazy in the By supermarket way, hey, who's, whose podcast is this know, uh, people make you crazy in the supermarket uh, the people make me crazy all okay, the time I'm getting so, that also I get yeah, that also yeah, these days. Uh, the, the good the, the answer is is just if it makes you feel a little bit better um, I will say that I can walk into any place and I have to be ready at any time for anything 
literally, meaning it, it could be it could be a letter to the editor that was published four months ago that's bothering someone. It could be something we published a year ago. Uh, but the truth is, I really don't want it to be only about me. We haven't uh, we haven't done it about the Jewish. We've we've actually done a few Jewish link type pieces, uh, but uh, the end. I have to be whenever I walk into a shul. Like I, first of all, just so you should know, I look around. I think like, okay, who are the mishugam? Who are the crazy people? And I don't mean crazy. Who are people like uh, who have ha- who have had issues in the past with the? With who the cut Jews. out a letter from the editor from four months ago and is waiting to find you and let you know what's what? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And 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 then 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 there are sometimes occasions where I like I wonder if you know you know how open I should be with you know that I am the publisher of the Jewish Links. So in certain communities. Yeah. But, I, also, but there's something very powerful about that's that's also be said as a bit writing, is that that that's one of the things I think Rabbi Soloveitchik was very hesitant to write and publish. Because not just because of his perfectionism and because of his, let's say, brisker background and all the, I don't want to, I'm not going to analyze this. I'd be a psychologist for Gadol Israel or for anybody, but when you write something and you put it out there on paper, there's something, there's something eternal to it. There's something, even in a newspaper. Meaning, you know, I gr- I grew up with, uh, you know, a home where there would be like newspaper, you know, sacrosanct, probably. You know, but newspaper was like sitting on the table open, you know, with like a circle around the article to read it. Like, you know, like, this is for everybody to know. Like, this is what, you know, my dad would bring, my dad would read. It's funny, I told this to him, Rabbi Jonathan Rosenblum, Bjornason Rosenblum, who was one of the really insightful people that we have in our in our community. You know, Yale, Yale educated. Mishpacha columnist, Yale yeah, Mishpacha, but he was also an editor of the international edition of the Jerusalem Post back in the day. He wrote, he had a columnist, excuse me, mm-hmm. Joel Rabibo was the editor. Yeah. Joel Rabibo was the was the editor. He actually later became the editor of Hamodia, and uh, I got to met him a couple times in Beitel in his home when he lived in Beitel. But Jonathan Rosenblum, Jonathan Rosenblum, who wrote some of the most impactful books that I've ever read in my entire life, introduced me to people who have not been physically alive in this world for generations, but who I live with and think of every single day, like Reb Shraga Feivel Mendelevich, a blessed memory, and Rev Dessler. Books that he wrote that, I, that people who were like you know loom large in the back of my mind. So you know, my father used to bring the international edition of the Jerusalem Post to the table and read Jonas and Rosenblum columns out loud at the Shabbos table. I mean, like there's something there's a chedros kodesh about writing something that you know someone might read. Now, somebody might read in the bathroom, you know, you know, consult your local you know Orthodox mm-hmm. rabbi if you're allowed to do that, you know, but but. But this is the, these ideas are ideas, and they also, you know, people people respond. I get feedback. I get we've gotten feedback from oh, for sure. things. We've people are, feedback. you know, approve or disapprove. Try not to write anything that's too objectionable. I don't bring personal politics or personal opinions into things for very obvious reasons. Yep. Like there's no coach of The goal, if the goal is coach of then there's no like Michael Jordan said when he was younger, when he started first making it. Yeah, what he said. His mom. And his mom wanted him to, his parents wanted him to endorse a certain candidate, an African-American candidate from his, you know, from, from his community. And like Jordan's endorsement at that point, he just signed with Nike and won a championship. Like, you know, he's making a big, his endorsement on his old school grounds would have really put this person into Congress. And um, it seemed like there's no reason not to, but he was like, no, nah, Republicans buy sneakers too. You know, like I, 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 I try very much to keep this down the middle. Even though Rav Steinsaltz would say from the Chassidim that horses just walk in the middle, yeah. I want you know I try to not be objectionable and share a nice idea, and somehow people still find something to. So I've found that usually people who have like issues, the people who are gonna come over to you at a kiddush when you're with your family, 
or someone who's going to come talk to you while you're out with your with your partner, with your mm-hmm. husband or your wife or your partner, or someone who's going to come interrupt you during shul to hack you about something that you said or did or feel or believe. It's usually more their problem, more their issue that they haven't worked through, that like they can't stand not having the platform or. Like you, you put yourself out in public, you open yourself up to public uh, scrutiny and yeah. opinion. Well, by the way, that, the point you just mentioned is very often we find that people who are, if a certain issue riles them up, and it could be the any any issue, um, often it's because, more often than not, it's often because there's a, a Yiddish word, a personal schnitt, there's, there's something that's... triggered. There's, exactly. There's a personal trigger, meaning that issue is personally close to them. So if someone's screaming at, at, at me for us publishing something, I've almost gotten to the point where I'm, where I'm like, there, I know there's, there's, there are deeper levels here. <laughs> it's the 80-20 rule also, meaning yeah. like there are a handful of a, a few coins and a push can make a lot of noise. You always have people who will like harp on certain things. Yeah. And... I found that a good, uh, you know, a good night's sleep, a little, little cold exposure, a little cold plunge, you know, uh, a little Huberman podcast, and uh, straighten things out with some hisbodas, coffee, and some time with my wife. Like everything, the body heals. Everything takes care of itself. You know, I have a hard, specifically hard time taking. I'm going to say criticism, but I'm thinking of another word. You know, taking from garbage from people and heat from people on on things sometimes, and I do, I, professionally and personally, it happens. You know, uh, especially in camp, the, there's so many moving pieces in oh, Camp yeah. Hask, and it's a, you know, thank God, a very public place. And Actually, I want to talk about Camp Hask. Hask could be upset if we don't talk about it. But but, uh, yeah. but but then again, you know, whatever, peoples are people, peoples is 100%. peoples, and you just have to give people, yeah. ju- judge people kindly and favorably, and, and, uh, and you know, God willing, everything kind of straightens yeah. itself out. Okay, so where does Hask come in? This image of you as a writer, uh, you know, Chinuch, Rebbe, by the, you know, the... the the talking, talking about like uh, you know, going into chinuch, going to like actually that's a, that's an issue for us. Um, sure. We're actually gonna. One of the things I'd like to actually use my paper for is to kind of like change that mentality. Oh, uh, you know, I, I haven't really figured out how to do it, but I want you as an agenda item. I'm, I'm one of my jokes is I'm a retired rabbi. Yeah, I saw but, the cloth on your uh, in your office. But one of the, but I'm saying one of the jo- is to try to change that mentality. I always felt that we should. One of the problems in my orthodoxy, among others, was that we we need to look at the guys going to chinuch and they have to be put on a pedestal. Really yeah. similar. I mean, it's almost like banker, doctor, lawyer, teacher should really. And I, I don't know how, because even the Haredu show world, it's it's not a hundred percent. Which I never understood, by the way, if you think about it, you know. But uh, peoples is peoples. No, I'm just saying. Even in the in the Haredu show world, you know, the, in the more I guess what that you think that you know Chinuch, you know Klai Kodesh would be would be would also be, would be seen more positively. I think I think what I'm saying is I think it's a, it's a shared problem. It seems it's, like. a, it's a it's a real problem. But I, I say it's a human problem also. And and I think this is a perfect way to to mention you know uh, Camp Ask, which is. Really, the entirety of my professional experience now, my putting, um, you know, we, our, our family is is privileged to be in service at Camp Ask. It's a it's a it's a schus to have the opportunity to be there, to work with uh, with Shmuel Khan and with uh, the board of directors and with the camp leadership. You mentioned Razel and, and Avi Pollock. Oh, remind me, you were a Has Council, correct? I never worked in. Camp That's Council. what I thought. Nope, I never worked. I I'm knew an, that. I'm, I'm still the Tzigah Kimmerer. I'm the new guy in town still. You um, never had that. No, you, my entry to Camp Pass came when I was a Rebbe in Reshit, my in-laws yeshiva that I was there for many, many years. The most wonderful experience being a Rebbe there. Um, and I became the camp rabbi. I became the camp rabbi. And I was there really to provide, you know, for the staff. And, I, and I'm going to say this. I didn't I forgot that. barely knew the difference between Down syndrome and autism. 
and could, couldn't explain it to you clinically. And I said, no, nah, what am I going to do there? It's not, it's not a place that I can make an impact. My impact was in Masora Kolel. I was in I was in Masora, and I was in the same Masora Kolel with Michael Rabbi Michael Olshin, and with uh, Rabbi Shalom Rosner and Ruvin Bashnak and Rabbi Chaim Marcus, my brother-in-law, and Rabbi Rosner and Rabbi Goldvich, like, and I was playing softball with the teens as the teen Rebbe, and everything was cool. You know, it was it was easy and it was wonderful, and I loved it. And the Brazils were the best. Um, and this opportunity came, and I hadn't. I don't think I understood what Camp Ask was. I know that my wife and my wife's brothers worked there and loved it. I had friends who had the experience, but I didn't totally understand. You never that. had any direct experience no. with the special needs world. No, mm-hmm. I might have got schlepped on a date once to a yachad uh, malav malka or something like that, but that didn't. Go, thank God that didn't go anywhere. That, but I didn't had no no no. But I did have a lot of experience with people with special needs because everybody has special needs. When you start to understand that people are people, and you see a person as a soul, as in a shama and a goof. You start to understand that that the Rebona Shalom, God in his infinite wisdom, creates an infinite world with infinite types of people. Then if somebody has a, a, a you know a genetic issue or a physical handicap or some type of dis- physical disability, they're, they're a person like like you or I, and everybody has something, and everybody's in this world together, and we're meant to do this all together. And I, I I've I've if I've become anything or if I'm becoming a person who's you know, growing closer to Hashem and, and doing good in the world. It's because of my wife and because of my professional experience in Camp Ask, meaning the exposure to just the absolute goodness, the best of the human condition, giving unconditional love. I mean, the support, the professionalism, the mysterious nefesh, just the, 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 the incredible soul glow that, that you experience in, the, in that place. It's, it's affected me um, by osmosis and, and I drank the Kool-Aid, and now I have the schuss of, of also, you know, mixing it and serving it. Wait, so you, how many years do you serve as camp this is rabbi? My eight, I was there, I was the camp rabbi for, I think, about 10 years, 8 years maybe. I don't remember exactly. It's all transition to executive being... Is there a camp rabbi now? I forget. Rabbi Yehuda Willig. Okay, rabbi so, Yehuda Willig is our Mora de Asra. But he, he didn't... When he you was switched over, like they didn't... Was there always uh, he, a camp I, 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 I had the, I was the shadchan. I think I hired him. Okay. I introduced the idea of, I don't want to say I hired him. I introduced the idea of him joining, his wife was a therapist. Every Willig was elsewhere. I mean, Hask is a place which has gone through a lot of changes, a lot of Gilgulim over the years. Um, the current iteration in the last decade, um, being its own independent, you know, um, nonprofit, having a, a, a camp board, um, which are very active and very involved. Now as part of the Hask Center constellation, we've had the, you know, the same professional leadership for this you know for more than a decade now uh and this board has really you know led us you know shmiel connor camp director myself shmiel's uh team at hask center um we've we've really become uh, a very stable and forward-looking organization um running in the black growing building you know three beautiful new bunk facilities in the last year um, with a brand new medical facility that's going to change the face of the way we provide care, God willing, in the, this coming summer. Um, just unprecedented levels of growth, improvement of processes and systems and services. And you know, our, our goal is to be more relevant during the year for families and to provide more support and Shabbatot and uh, events and programming. But I, I just I see what, what, what it does with the staff. I see how it does for the staff. And I don't see it as, as independent from other facets of my identity, meaning... If I'm able to write and cultivate ideas in Torah that resonate, a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know my professional life, even if it's spent on spreadsheets and Excel and you know uh, development and budgeting and, and government funding and managing staff and dealing with people and you know 
I don't know, making sure that the, the, the I don't know, that there's a, the right amount of burgers ordered for the staff barbecue and that the, the sound guy is coming to, for, for Eitan Katza. You know, it's all in the service of others so that there's a siyata deshmaya that you have when you just dedicate yourself to other people. I just, I want to make that, 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 that just to close that circle on the, the, the mention, which, which you mentioned it as a side point, but I really think it's the, the main thing, which is a life of service is a life of service. Chinuch, Rabbanus, a person's going to be a mora, a person's going to work in education. We're meant to be helpers. Baruch Shanason Alam Shomrim. Hashem put us in this world to fix the world and to hold it stable and to improve the world. And there's lots of different ways of doing that. And if we, if we are people who believe that what's left of us when we leave this world after 120 or more likely, you know, significantly less than that, what's left of us is the good deeds that we do and the tzedakah we've given and the chesed that we've done and the Torah that we've learned and the positive impact we've made, then what, dry, what ought to drive our value system and conversation is how do we get more of that in our life? How do we get more joy and more yichud with our loved ones? How do we cultivate a more a more whole environment with our with our partners, our, our husbands, our wives, our children, our friends, our neighbors, uh, our community. How do we build inside out? And then that value system is not just about distraction, and it's not just about stuff, and it's not just about accumulation, but it's about it's about giving and about being connected with others. It's not so much about me, but it's it's about you. It's about Hashem ultimately. So a life of teaching and avodas Hashem or abonus or outreach or or inreach or or whatever it may be. Even if someone is living in the professional world. You see the world more expansively. You see the world in a in a in a, in a bigger way than uh, than we see ourselves in service. And I, and I think that that if we if we change our language a little bit and our focus on what's awesome and what we praise and what we see, kafima halolo, I believe that that our, our our families, our kids will 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 naturally gravitate toward lives and professional lives and personal lives that reflect those values of service, of giving, of sharing, of of doing for others. That's that's so important uh, in my professional life in Camp Ask, and that's it's so much a part of, of why I love being there. I actually want to tell you something. As a former counselor um, and a parent, um, I, have, I really have the unique perspective. There are, there are <laughs> not there are not that many people like me, uh, like me and my wife, who I should say, meaning I was a Hask counselor. I was, I also, uh, there, there's a bit of machlokas of the story. I also sort of met my wife in Hask, even though we didn't start going out there. I also have the perspective of seeing it as a um, as a as a parent as well. Um, there are a few of us out there, not not that many. Um, <laughs> just want to say the following. So you're saying that Hask changed you. Uh, I I agree with you. I think definitely. Uh, you know, I think actually the fact that you're seeing it not as a counselor, um, I think, has affected you in a, in a way. You may not you may not appreciate it, but I think the fact that you weren't a counselor. You were the outside of the new guy, camp rabbi. Uh, definitely changed the way you came. Yeah, to I wasn't it. emotionally invested when I came. I had no nostalgia there. Nothing meant anything to me. It was nice, beautiful, good people, beautiful. I saw it with a beginner's mind, without even realizing that term at the time. My wife, Ora, is crazy about Hask. I mean, she was the one, the driving force, who who was always taught. I mean, when I was in Camp Masora, I took lifeguarding lessons with Laz by the lake. Because maybe she said, maybe then we can be, you can be a lifeguard in Hask and I could be a, te- a spe- she could be a special ed teacher. My wife is a special ed teacher. I never imagined that I'd be vest- this deeply vested in it, but it has a, it has a magnetic pull because it's just good. It's just, it's just good. People, kids who come work there realize how good they are. People remember their time in Camp Hask and remember just how, how pure it was and how selfless and how good. And, um, 
you know, like Rabbi Yaakov Bender says, like if I could, if we could bottle that, if we could only bottle that achrayus, that responsibility of, of of one person taking for another and that that love, and the world would just be a, a much better place. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I I came in thinking, you know, without without any strings attached, without the relationships to the individuals who were there before, during, or after. There's definitely a little bit of an outsider feel, and I joke about it in camp, especially I joke about it with your sister, I joke about it with Rabavi and with Shalomas Pollock. I joke about it, but it's, um, I think that it's been a benefit. In yeah, other words, to come with a little bit of an outsider perspective. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Um, let's see, I'm just trying to think, let's try to bring it back to the Jewish link, and I guess we'll, we'll, we'll begin to, to wrap up a little bit. Um, so, you know, the, the summer, you know, what's what's changed in the last, uh, for you, The big, what's been the just one big change? I, I, I see a lot of changes over camp, but what, for you, you, you have a different perspective than me as a parent. What's been the big change in Camp Ask? And, and remember, this part of the, the concept behind what we're doing is is that it's that's relevant to our readers, to our listeners. Um, you know, what's what's changed? What's different at Camp Ask when you started, you know, 10 plus years ago or more or longer? Um I have my own ideas, but I'd like to hear what, 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 Judah, you, you have. What's, what's been the big change among the guys, among the campers? It's... So I, I, I want to I, I say, like, camp has always been a, a very special place. It's a place that always people love and feel that they've grown and changed and changed the lives of others. I think that we're connecting a lot of the dots now. In other words, there's, a, there's, there's always been different parallel streams where the staff had an experience, the campers have an experience, the campers' families have experiences. The administration has their thing. Then the organization has its own life also. And there's like that piece of it. Um, I, what I, what I, I hope aspirationally is that we've created more of a, a unified sense of, of yichud in all of it. In other words, that there is you know, less difference between... You don't mean yichud, not seclusion. You mean yichud, Not seclusion in terms of a man or a woman in a, in a way which would be you know, only... But I, I mean, but I mean, I mean yichud, I mean in terms of a unified sense of Hashem Echad is that there's really one thing taking place here. And that the goal here is kvot shamayim. The goal here is to, 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 be our, to show up as our best selves. To, to, to create an environment where there's professional systems, where the parents feel good, where the campers are getting their maximized experience, where there's respite, where there's medical... Uh, and, and therapy and academics and all of that and that the staff are also feel appreciated and feel good about it and then that translates into our pillar society meaning talk about the link you know listing names of hundreds of people in our community alumni friends and neighbors who would just say i want a piece of this and take a piece of it um, because there's a there's an openness and a, and a oneness in it a, a, a unified movement in it i i believe that we've transcended being just a seven-week or eight-week respite program where it's good for the families who are in Camp Ask. But this is really something which has become almost a almost like a lighthouse of values and ideas. And I don't want to get too big on britches and you know, overestimate our impact, but there's something about Camp Ask that just touches people so deeply in the world, which is beyond reason. It's um, it's almost it, it's almost you know, beyond proportion because it affects the deepest places called Nishmas Yisrael, the soul of the Jewish people, and that's. That's where God is unified in the world most when people take care of each other, when Jews are together. And that, that, that goes across boundaries. That's not like, you know, that's not New Square versus Five Towns. That's not Williamsburg or Teaneck. That's, that's everywhere. That's, uh, that, that's oneness. There's really one love there. And I, and I feel that I'm feeling it and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it and I'm experiencing it from not just, not just the people who are working in camp who are enjoying it, but, but you know, we're opening our, our doors wide to the world 
and I think making a, a bigger impact with Kiddush Hashem. And, and the link is part of that, you know, uh, you amplifying the message and being someone who feels it personally and is experiencing it personally from your specific and very unique perspective. I think maybe there's a handful of people in Jewish history who have that type of perspective nowadays. You know, the, 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 the penners, the wargons, I mean, mm-hmm. people who met in camp or in service in camp grew up there and then children worked in camp and are, there's very few, there's not even half a million of people. But somehow, these universally relevant ideas of a values-driven summer of service and of care um, and a language of positivity and, and inclusion and openness and chizuk you know, and growth is something which is resonating not just with our staff and, and families, but not just with our alumni and not just with our supporters, but people enjoy reading an article or seeing pictures because there's joy and there's positivity and you feel good being a part of that. And that's, uh, and that's meaningful and that's, and that's real. So if I've seen anything that that's continuously growing and I believe Mirza Hashem will continue to grow, I'd be asked, will be just this magnified, amplified, uh, let's call it Pirsume Nisa. Um, sharing the the light and sharing the the positivity um, and the chesed and the goodness and the best of of our community are the young people who are working in Camp Pask. There is absolutely no more impactful experience, and I believe this with every fiber. And and, and we work a lot at this, and we we invest a lot in this. I don't know of another place where a person can invest themselves and their resources where you have an ROI like this in Kla Yisrael in terms of responsibility, growth, um, self-esteem, um, positive sense of self, uh, being non-judgmental, how that will translate into the way people treat and respect others who are different than them, not just people with what's called specialized needs or autism, but everyone that you meet on the street with a different level of observance or a different tfisa ulamit, someone across the aisle from you, a blue state, a red state. Camp Pask is just thoroughly pur- purple. I mean, it's so- thoroughly open and, and and embracing and allows, or at least aspirationally, allows everyone to be themselves and respect themselves and others. The ROI on investing in such a program, investing your kids' summer or your money or your time or your your, your platform, uh, I believe the return on that investment is a tremendous Kiddush Hashem and something which is maybe unparalleled in our generation. And it's a big source to be a part of it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's my pitch. I, I like the pitch. I happen to be as a parent. Uh, I'll just say that I actually, I forced, <laughs> I actually forced my my children. I told them they have to work at Hask. <laughs> I don't require. I said you got to you got to do at least one summer, or even a half. Better summer. than working in cobalt mines. Uh, exactly. I said that they you have to do one summer at a camp. Uh, and I even had, I had a child who wasn't even so excited about going, but uh, he he went. He did great. Um, and uh, I have one more son who who also probably follow in that path. But no, I, I agree with that, with everything you're saying. I, I appreciate also the, the Jewish Link connection. We feel um, we work with a lot of nonprofits, a lot of good nonprofits, schools. You know, we, we feel it's very hard to sometimes always feel that way. We feel you often, I always like to say that we're, we're, we're their partners. Um, Hask, certainly I, with, we feel that with, with you. Um, it is. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. You, you, you can have a beautiful menorah that's lit. But if you don't have a good table for the menorah to stand on, you don't have a window that's clean for it to project its light out onto, or a, or a newspaper to put that picture in, or a good Instagram account, so to speak, for that to be projected into the world. So then you don't fulfill the mitzvah of Pirsume Nisa, of, of sharing that miracle. And uh, I don't know, if I could, if I, if I could, of a layman, if I could bless you as a, as a friend and as a, as a reader, you should be blessed to use this uh, wonderful publication as a platform 
to magnify the best of the Jewish people and the best of the world, and people should be inspired and feel good about it. Amen. Thank you. I don't think we've ever ended with a bracha before, but uh, I'll, t- I'll take it. Got to turn it into tefillah, so thank, thank you. Thanks for being with us on the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. If you would like to participate or be in touch with us in any way, please email us at editor at jewishlink.news and follow us and find our podcast wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts.